listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Whitney City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Whitney City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 207 and four years of Windy City Slam Podcast. We're celebrating our fourth anniversary with a big show this week. GPA and Laney Luck started an all-out war between Freelance and CSW by attacking Joey Jet Avalon and Sierra. And PWE report Sean Lennon will join us to recap CSW season premiere and Golly Lucha Libre. We'll have news from ICW Milwaukee and preview some of the highlights from this upcoming weekend. And we'll also take a look at the Royal Rumble. And we welcome, for the first time, a second-generation wrestler who's been working in the business for the last five years. He's the newly crowned POW Entertainment Champion, Kazile. You'll get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC, Frank the Clown here. And you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Well, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. (laughs) Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates that fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. Back here on Windy City Slam podcast, and I just want to quickly reflect four years of Windy City Slam podcast. Friend of mine, Chris Lanuti, talked me into doing a podcast on local wrestling, and even though we parted ways about a year and a half into the project, I kept pushing it. And it's become a great labor of love covering local independent wrestling, not only for WindyCitySlam.com, but recapping and having special guests every week right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Thank you for all the fans who listen and support. Thank you for all the wrestlers and the personalities who have come on this show. It's been a pleasure helping you guys promote local independent professional wrestling. All right, coming up this weekend, Saturday, January the 27th, WWE presents the Royal Rumble at Tropicana Field in Tampa. Four matches on this card, but it's loaded. We have the Men's Royal Rumble with some of the top superstars, including CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, and Gunther. And the Women's Royal Rumble match, some of the top superstars there, we have Becky Lynch, Bayley, and Bianca Belair. The Fatal 4-Way match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, and this is going to set the table for WrestleMania. Roman Reigns defends the title against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight. And for the WWE United States Championship, the Maverick Logan Paul faces the challenge of Kevin Owens. This is going to be a really, really fun show. The winners of the Rumble, I mean, you have a couple different possibilities in each one. I'm just waiting to see some of the surprises. Do we see some really crazy surprises? I think we might see AJ Lee in the Women's Rumble now that CM Punk is back at WWE. That would excite me so much. Do we see a Sasha Banks, even though people are saying she's leaning towards signing the AEW? Do we see some other surprises? Do we see a Camille? Do we, in the Men's Rumble, do we see the return of Sheamus? Do we see the return of... Dare I say it, Big E. 
I mean, it's been very quiet on that front for the last few months. It's been a couple years since the, the injury that was pretty bad. Has he been cleared? That would be interesting to see. That'd be a pretty big pop considering Tampa is his hometown. So file that under curiosity. We'll see what happens there. But very excited for this Royal Rumble this weekend. Now, turning to local action, we welcome back friend of the show, Sean Lennon of PWE Report to talk some Chicago-style wrestling and golly lucha libre. And Sean, you were front and center at Chicago-style wrestling season premiere last Friday night, January the 19th at the American Legion in Franklin Park. And some big things really went down that night. We had the invasion of freelance wrestling with GPA and Laney Luck jumping the CSW Tag Team Champions, Joey the Jet, Avalon, and Sierra. And when I saw this happen, I was like, holy S, you know, this is crazy stuff. So what was your perspective on the whole thing? Well, first of all, I appreciate you uh, having Big back on Windy City Slam, Mike. It's always fun to talk to you. And yeah, for, for, for us, uh, you know, going to Chicago style wrestling every year, the season premiere show is a show to catch because it's, it's going to set the tone for the rest of the year. There's some always some, some kind of big elements that are going to be on it. Some big surprises, unknowns. So that, that's what it was. And, and basically, yeah, we saw the debut of Warhorse as the, the leader of the hate keepers. He's been in CSW before. But that was huge. And then Laney Luck and, of course, GPA from Freelance Wrestling starting the Freelance CSW War, Interpromotional War. Something that had been talked about but prior, but we never really got footing anywhere. Like, you know, there was no, like, oh, well, this is, we know this is going to happen at this point. It was just speculation. It was like a picture posted of Laney and GPA and then a picture posted of, of Sierra and Joey Avalon, it was after the uh, Second City showdown. They're like, oh, well, these two are going to face each other. This is going to be amazing. You know, what a dream match this would be. I think that was camera guy Nick that posted it. And then yep. uh, Ring Film Dude, he posted something about Shane. Uh, what was it? No, Storm. Storm Grayson. Not Shane. Storm Grayson and Conan Lycan. So the two uh, promotions champions colliding. And so there was just like a little bit of hints at it, but it's it's actually legit. It's gonna happen, and and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm we're us as fans, Chicago fans, the Chicago wrestling independent scene, you know, Forbidden Door has been open, and I don't think it's ever gonna be the same again after this. Sierra and Joey Avon retain those CSW tag team titles against the Hate Keepers, Shane Boucher and Jay Marston. Correct? Yes, they did. Yeah, they, they won, and then, of course, GPA and Laney just kind of, uh, you know, spoiled their parade. And if you saw the uh, intense promo by delivered by Joey Avalon, <laughs> they're ready to go right into freelance storm in there. And, and it's going to be an environment that's unfamiliar to them, but I think they're going to have a lot of the freelance faithful behind them because the freelance faithful, they despise Laney and GPA. But when it comes to, like, territory versus territory, I mean – you know, wrestling nowadays is all about, is like tribalism, right? AEW versus WWE. So maybe they'll change, you know. Uh, we'll see what the freelance uh, faithful believe. Maybe they'll get on the side of laning GPA heading into that upcoming match. Yeah, that's February the 9th from Freelance with Love at Logan Square Auditorium. That's going to be great when Joey Avalon and Sierra do the return the favor and invade Freelance right back. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That's it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens and hey who else is going to come from Chicago style wrestling over to freelance we don't know yeah anything's possible now that that door is open so expect a lot of uh, you know the next CSW show and the next freelance and you know every show moving forward we don't know who's going to jump through to to the to either's uh, promotions door yeah you never know and there's been a masked man attacking Chico Suave the last couple of months so. Does that masked man have CSW ties? That would be an interesting element. It would be as well. I, I was I was actually thinking about that as well. And uh, I wonder who that masked man is. I mean, there's been speculation of who it could be. But as of now, we're just waiting to find out, you know. Main event was CSW champion Conan Lycan versus the man of the hour, Leo Rush. So I assume Conan did retain that title. Yes, he did. Conan wrote Lycan did the defeat. Leo Rush. It was an amazing match. Leo Rush kind of like, I don't know if you've seen a clip, he like went through, <laughs> he did a splash to the outside or a, you know, dives at outside and he actually hit the lighting 
Oh, geez. And the lighting just turned completely 360, 360 degrees. <laughs> and so the lighting was like against the wall where they were, they were wrestling <laughs> and they were, they ended up. So that was pretty interesting. It was a match basically where Conan did it on his own. He didn't need the haykeepers involved. And ultimately he played the price for it as the haykeepers turned on him. Jake came out there, Jake Parnell, you know, who his name is Warhorse, but mm -hmm. I think he's going to change it to Jake came out says that he is now, you know, in charge of the Haykeepers and Conan Lycan is out. And basically, yeah, that was a great match. Uh, I recommend rewatching watching IWTV. It got heated. The fans were kind of divided. Some were for Leo, some were for Conan. Steve Arantz doubled down and said he's going for, for Conan Lycan to defend the promotion title against uh, Leo Rush. And I felt like a lot of the fans went that way as well. So it was interesting to see, you know, Kind of like a match where, you know, Cohen Lycan, who's usually the main heel, you know, being cheered for. Yeah. He was a babyface a couple of years ago before he started uh, up the Hate Keepers when yes. all those black and brave guys jumped the ring and then they took over basically the show and then they've been on top ever since. Exactly. But there was also inkling, you know, leading towards that, like when he was facing Shane Hollister and Vic Capri back at Second City's. He was starting to get people behind him. He was starting to get, he was trying to tell the Haykeepers, hey, you know, I can do this on my own. It was actually the match he had with uh, Mecca Wolf yes. that he was, that he felt like, you know, he, he could do that. He could be more independent without their help. And the Haykeepers kind of felt like they were being tossed to the side. They felt like they were being disrespected and by, by Cohen Lycan and, and Shane Hollister, especially who was the leader. So it looks like there's a change in the guard and Shane Hollister is now giving up the leadership to, uh, Jake Parnell, Warhorse, and they've, they've taken out their prized uh, champion, uh, their prized member, Conan Lycan. You know what I'm saying? He's 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 number one. He was the number one hate keeper, and now he's out. So it'll be interesting to see what Conan does, you know, as a lone wolf, no yep. longer in the pack. Yep. And then we had a battle of two former CSW champions, Axel Rico versus All Day Marche Rocket. So how did that one turn out? That was an amazing match. Uh, for If anybody missed it, got to go back and watch it. I felt like um, they both went at it. Those brutal chops came into play of Marche Rocket. But Axel Rico, you know, he just, you know, he 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 almost had the same spark that he did as the CSW champion this one. He, you, you know, you could feel it. And you could feel the momentum turning to his side. And when he finally got the victory, it was an amazing win, not only for Axel Rico to get that major victory, but, you know, coming off that, that almost a year-long injury, half a year to year-long injury that he was out, that, you know, he's back. He's back at CSW. He's going to claim what's what's his. I feel like him and Anestro would have a good opportunity to, to do something with that Metro Division title. But if, you know, Axel Rico wants to step back and get – I know he wants to step back when I talked to him on my podcast and said he wants to get Conan Lycan. That's where his head is at. He wants that rematch with Conan Lycan. He feels like – that was his match if it wasn't for the hate keepers involvement and the possibility of him, the possibility of the outcome going in his favor this time is, uh, is definite. And then you had a match between rising young star Maggie Lee and CSW's very own homegrown sky blue. Yeah. Now with AEW <laughs> with a darker persona. Yes. Yes. So that was a fun match. I was really anticipating how the crowd would react to sky. It was kind of divided, but there were, I think there was, it was just as many boos as it was for cheers for Sky Blue. And I know people were definitely digging the new look and a new persona. I know a lot of fans <laughs> got the reactions that they finally wanted from Sky Blue. They kind of trolled her a little bit when she was faced. So that was funny to see some of the fans that have, you know, not been in favor of Sky Blue. They kind of went against Sky Blue. She's just flipping them off. And it was just, it was like, you know, just like a free release, I think, for everyone involved. For Sky, I think it's still difficult for her to be, you know, she's been babyface most of her career. So for her to be healed, it's, it's, it's got to be overwhelming. But she went back to her home promotion and has done it. If she's done it there, I think she can do it everywhere. She's got a couple more promotions she's doing in Chicago coming up. So I think she's, um, she's amazing. Maggie Lee, I can't say enough about her. She is one of the top uh, up-and-coming women's wrestlers in the Midwest. She's uh, trained at Black and Brave. She's had matches with Zaya Brookside. She's had matches with Shazza McKenzie. She's had matches with so many. We're just being a little over a year in, so many great names in the business. And, you know, very athletic, very strong. And uh, she definitely, you know, let's just say Maggie Lee, 
lit up the dark sky more than once during that matchup. So I'll leave it at that. If you haven't seen it, got to watch it. And then we had Eric Schultz and CSW Metro Division champion Iniestra taking on Rafael Quintero and Missa Kate. That's a really cool tag team match right there. Yeah, yeah, that was. So the, the, a lot of, going in, CSW does feature some intergender, but it seemed like a lot of the matches were geared towards intergender. Only one woman's match on the card that remained was the uh, Sky Blue and Maggie Lee. I thought it was fun. I thought the show felt different overall than, you know, spreading a female talent across the card and just having them in one match like they did back at the Second City Showdown. And I thought uh, this was a fun match. Obviously, Miss Kate came in kind of fired up. She was attacked after the last show. We didn't realize who it might have been. I feel it is probably going to be the brass that did, mm-hmm. it, that did it. It was that were involved. So fun one. And Kitero, I can't say much, enough amazing good things about him. Uh, he has really taken his career by storm, like not even like a year in the business. And he's already in galley. He's already in uh, so many other different promotions at AW. You know, the list goes on and on. So uh, he's definitely is ready to, you know, tag team of a seasoned veteran like Mr. Kate. And they proved to have the right recipe for success. They came out with the win and Eric Schultz and Anestra weren't happy. TJ was not happy, of course, which which is much of the fans grin. You know, if anybody's following that whole storyline of the TJ Schultz is the general manager, they the fans love to see TJ lose. They love to see his opponent lose. And of course, Moondog Murray making it hell for uh, TJ, you know, interfering in that again, even though he got his arm. There's so much right around this match. There's so much to recap or review. You got to, you know, watch it. But obviously his hand was injured in the process of getting reinstated into CSW. You know, you got to watch the segment uh, about that. But I'll just leave it there. Good match. And uh, it progressed the story as it should be. And then uh, Joey Mabry took on Uncle T, Solomon Tupu. That That was a hard hitting contest. And uh, Joey Mayberry has been one of those guys at CSW that definitely has been bringing it. He's one of the guys that's been really showing that, hey, he could possibly make a run for a championship one day in CSW. And he, he's not all about the fun games anymore. He's, he, he's, he, he takes his matches serious. He takes his opponents seriously. He's taking his condition seriously. Uh, one of the more, better, more improved wrestlers on that roster. And Tupu and him had a fun match. Of, Tupu won, of course, but and the hate keepers got involved again. And so, you know, it makes the question, could this have been a different outcome had Tupu won or had, had Tupu not had the help of the hate keepers? And I know we talked a little bit about this before we went on the air, Sean, but Vic Capri and Shelly the Bombshell Benson, the CSW Women's Champion, and Shelly the Bombshell Benson coming out on top in what was Vic Capri's final match in CSW. So the student overcomes the teacher hell of an emotional moment at the end of that match as well where they embraced in the ring and then gonzo and lulu joined in as well all of vic's sort of children kind of sharing that moment after shelly won that match and there were a couple of other matches on the card. i don't have them in my notes but didn't boz end up teaming up in like a six man or something yeah it was a, a trios match it was basically boz and big mood against heather reckless and uh, team sexy mm-hmm. and yes boz and big mood prevailed boz got the final pinfall and the, and the win and uh you know the boz and no true driver whatever he calls it <laughs> he's yeah. got so many amazing moves but you know they they came out with the win heather reckless is now kind of on a losing streak in csw she was not happy one bit she took it uh frustration on a fan sign uh crumpled it up and threw it back at them and uh, Team Sexy, of course, you know, letting down the brass. And uh, I wonder if the brass is going to, you know, cut Team Sexy off their of the payroll in the future. Yeah. But Boz getting a one-up on TJ Steele is always awesome. And I feel like that's going to eventually lead to a, a rematch between them. But the fate, of CF, the fate of CSW once again in the balance. And there was also a scramble match on the card with the, the Barker, Cody James, among others as well. Yes. Barker, Cody, James, Adam, Stallion, the gatekeeper. Also, Shane Hollister was in that one. Hopper was in it. I, it's just slipping me. It was like one or two more people. I don't know if I see the, the graphics. Oh, I know who they're going to be. But uh, that was a one heck of a match. 
from top to bottom. It was, you know, what I like is it felt different than the other scrambles. It was like a, Amina Belmont. Mm-hmm. Can't forget her. She was actually on PWE recently. She was in the match as well. It was a funny spot where she was being tossed around by Cipher and the Barker. <laughs> they were tossing her around like a baby, like a rag doll. You know what I mean? Just like tossing her back and forth. And finally they slammed her. Yes, and uh, Shane Hollister came out with a victory in, in that scramble match as well. So, uh, big win for Shane Hollister. I think it pretty much covers everything from season premiere, right? Yes. I, I Well, I mean, if you wanted the pre-show stuff, I could tell you again. Jack Valor, I want to give him a shout-out. He, 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 he won the Futures Battle Royal. That was his yes. first time winning the Futures Battle Royal. And, you know, he used to be just a fan in the, in the, in the crowd, yep. seeing like a row in front of me. And now he's a... Uh, a uh, full-fledged professional wrestler, Eddie Grayson, who was in that Battle Royal. Oh. Also, some interesting names. Jordan Cross was made yes. a CSW debut in the Futures Royal as yep. well. So they showed you a lot of names to look out for in, in the future. And, you know, Lily Balapescadita, we're rooting for her, of course, but she did not come out the winner yet of the Futures Battle Royal. And Chris Miller, of course, always gets involved in these things, you know, because if he's not wrestling, he's going to get involved, you know. Yep. That's Miller. So he did get involved and help, you know, make sure Lily would not win that, that matchup. It's wondering if, we, if those two will face off in the future. But Lily Pescadita is definitely one to watch uh, for Chicago style wrestling as well in the women's division. She's already done a lot of things in other promotions. So she's definitely one to watch for CSW women's division. She's been in multi woman matches, but I'd really like to see her in a singles match. In the future. And then uh, there was a tag team match. I believe it was the premier uh, defeated this Decius or Theseus and John Bonhart. Oh, okay. Uh, they're all from Black and Brave Academy. And the premier, they made their CSW debut as well. So saw them uh, at second wrestling as well. Yes, good team. Yeah. I know Campbell Myers and I forget the other guy. SK team, Bishop. But, yeah. So both of those guys, they, they looked really good in, in, in their, uh, in their matches. I can't, you know, I, I can't, you know, CSW overall is a great product and Mike, you definitely have to come out and check it out. We're going to have Gringo Loco next month. Yep. Uh, Shelly Benson will be defending the women's championship. Yeah. That's uh Friday night, February the 16th, back at the American Legion in Franklin park. Yes. And one, one thing to note is the crowd was, was packed. I feel like they almost need to get a bigger venue at some point when they're really uh, packing in the people like that. It was it was fun. It's a fun, intimate venue. I mean, I really love all the, the, the venues in Chicago, like the Eagles Club, the Logan Square Auditorium. But this one is a fun venue. It's just it's a bit packed once once you get all those those the crazy CSW fans in there. And I'm I'm very happy for CSW really selling out and and coming strong. I really love uh, you know how they're bringing in not just former WWE names like they did in the past. They're bringing in, you know names that are relevant. In today's professional wrestling world, and Gringo Loco coming, we all we all know that's going to be insane. You know, he's one of the best professional wrestlers now in the nation, if not the world. So I can't wait for that one. And him being a Chicago native as well is going to be uh, just outstanding. Can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, one of Chicago's favorite luchadors, and that's a great segue to Gali Lucha Libre. Well, you've been front and center at that promotion as well for a lot of their yes. shows as ringside roving cameraman. So. Go ahead and kind of throw a couple of facts out about Guy Lucha Libre. And I know they have a new world champion, which was crowned a couple weeks ago. Go ahead and talk about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Aramis uh, defeated Psycho Clown in one of the most craziest matches you could imagine. I mean, they were using chairs. They were using like bar stools or, or you know, ring, tables set up at ringside and hitting each other with them, fighting in the crowd. They went to war. And, and um, it was a close match. Psycho Clown has been the Gali champion for, a, I would say, close to two years now. He's been the Gali wrestling champion. He's held it for quite some time. He be, I believe the former champion was Sam Adonis. Yes. Yes. So uh, he, he since then, Sam hasn't come back to Gali. And so he was the throne, but he will be back. He'll be back at East Dundee. I believe they have a show uh, the like the second Sunday of February in East Dundee, Illinois. Yeah. So they'll be back. Uh, well, Gally, they they run like like two or three shows a month, and so yeah, I would recommend checking that match out. Go to Gally Lucha Libre's Facebook. I was the one being the camera guy, so you know, what I mean, uh, hopefully you guys, I did a good enough job, so you guys will be able to see everything. 
Yeah, and um, you know, obviously we've got guys like Quintero who's who's making waves. We've got Terrero Galli who's who's doing amazing. He's been a veteran of, of Galli Lucha Libre for quite some time. We we saw you know the brothers of construction, they were at the last show, right? And yep. so there's a lot of names that maybe you probably wouldn't wouldn't remember wouldn't know unless you follow Galley, but I'm just kind of sticking to the ones that you might be familiar with. They've they're featured like Moondog Murray's been in, in matches there and Eddie Grayson and, and Quintero and Eric Schultz is now teamed with Hans and, and Axel Rico and they have their own like heel stable. Yep. And so, yeah, so those are some guys I know you're probably more, more familiar with. So they've been, they've been doing, you know, Axel Rico's work in Galley as a heel, as a Rudo is, is, is outstanding. I've always said that very uh, great for a guy, his age, you know what I mean? As great, you know, he's great poise as, as, as being that heel, character and can't can't say much much more about it you know and like i said it's good to see like some of this a lot of csw wrestlers gain over to galley and, and gain notice you know yeah and axel rico had a great feud with sky blue there a couple years ago yes he did i got to see uh, i got to see several matches of that and they had a match of names about a year ago that was a surprise match in galley i wasn't there for that but yeah that happened about a year ago that they they, they were involved in a, in a match so yeah, it's Axel Rico and Galley is 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 just totally different than CSW. He, he's the heel and he's the bad guy. I kind of want to see how he would do it in 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 CSW too. But he's 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 very well loved CSW. Sometimes you don't want to ruin a good thing, you know. Yeah, and also you see guys like the Heroes of Our Time and Big John. Crowley. Yeah, yes, right, right. So yes, Heroes of Our Time. Um, recently, recently, the last two shows, I don't know what happened. Uh, we have not seen the tag team champions of Galley defend their titles. Uh, we have seen uh, Mason Conrad. He hasn't been available at the shows. So it's just been Joey Marks, and he hasn't been defending the tag team titles. He's been competing in triple threat matches. So uh, conspicuous by his absence is Mason Conrad. I don't know about his whereabouts or why he's not at the show. I haven't really asked. You know, you got some great guys like Bandolero, right? And yep. Forty was in a car wreck recently, mm. but he's he's a guy that's been a veteran of the Chicago scene for quite some time. You've got Golden Star. You've got uh, you know just so many great names that are part of the the Galley uh, wrestling roster that have just been doing it for so long. They're they're so well, and you know people say, oh, you can't get past the language barrier, but I feel like you kind of like you just by their emotions alone, you could tell. Yep. You know what I mean? Think about people in foreign countries. Why are they so attracted to pro wrestling? Because they, even though they may not have the language barrier, they can tell by the emotions, by the facial expressions, by the body movements, you know? And, and that's why professional wrestling will always be, it, it, it will always resonate no matter what country or what culture, because it's about conflict and confrontation. It's, you know, it's a part of us. So I feel like that's the reason why pro wrestling will always be uh, one of those things that can cross you know, language barriers and cultural barriers. Yes. And I used to watch Galavision for AAA years ago. People like La Parca and Cibernetico and people like that. And it was so much fun to watch that, even though I, I barely understood anything anybody was saying. I got into it because it, it just draws you in. Professional wrestling doesn't have a language barrier. It's something that everybody knows and understands. That, that The people that love professional wrestling, it doesn't matter where it's coming from, whether it's Japan, Mexico, or wherever. For sure. Yeah, just to let you know, they are doing a show February 18th, and Arrow Boy is going to be the special guest. It's going to be in Aurora at the Two Brothers Roundhouse. Ah, okay. They're also doing one February 11th in East Dundee, Illinois. Uh, that's going to feature Psycho Clown and a lot of guys from the Galley Lucha Libre. You know, Torero Galley, I don't know if you've seen him at the freelance wrestling events, but he's really been outstanding. Mm -hmm. One of the top Lucha guys in Chicago. Yes. All right, Sean, thank you for joining us and giving us the rundown on CSW season premiere and no problem, man. And the latest happenings in Gali Lucha Libre as well. So go ahead and promote yourself. Well, thank you. We have the PW Report podcast. We don't have like kind of like a, a schedule. Like we, we try to kind of like do things like on Wednesdays and Fridays. We release, you know, uh, wrestlers uh, interviews as well. I've got actually an interview coming out which will be, I don't want to, I'm going to probably release it the day after you've released yours. I'll do doing one of uh, Ned Baker, 
Matt Baker's the referee, uh, the junior referee over at Freelance Wrestling. Yes. So, I'm, yes. so he, that's my next big interview I have out. I've had uh, Queen. Uh, I keep calling her Queen, but I know she's just Amina, the Phoenix Princess, Amina Belmont. She was on recently. Uh, we had Rush Freeman from NWA that was on recently. So uh, I released his podcast as well, like I think last week. And, and we actually have the Workhorses. They were on as well. It was actually two of the workhorses. They're the uh, they're currently uh, if you know them, they're basically they're, they're like a stable of three guys that mm-hmm. are doing really big things. And, you know, they're, they hold the tag team champions. I believe in ARW and a singles title in ARW, which is an Indiana promotion. So, yes. yeah. So check that those out as well. And, yeah, we'll be at the uh, upcoming uh, shows we're going to be at is weekends Royal Rumble. So it'll be. Probably will be either at uh, Second Wrestling or Northland Pro Wrestling. I haven't decided which one. I probably will be at Second because it's a little closer, but we might do Northland as well. So uh, should be exciting and you know, obviously a, a fun, uh, fun time to be in a wrestling. Yes, indeed, Sean. Thank you very much for coming on. All right, let's talk about ICW Milwaukee this past Friday night, January the nineteenth. The Insane Rumble took place at The Bar in West Allis, Wisconsin. And this recap and results courtesy of High Five Tom of the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. After Bobby V announced the newest signing to Baby Cousin Holdings, Ford Fellham, Marvelous Ethan Matthews stayed in the ring to take on Teabag. And in a great battle, Teabag took it to Ethan, but the new guy got the distraction at Ref Joe, and Ethan Matthews gets the roll-up, and the pin for the win. Next, the aforementioned Bobby V takes on Tyler Sullivan in an attempt to get his Midwest Championship back. In the end, Tyler overcomes all the distractions and hits a sully DDT for the victory. After that, we had the match of Jason Dukes and Jarrett Jacks versus CJ Cole and a returning Marman. To start the match, CJ Cole takes an enormous amount of punishment before getting the hot tag to Marman, and in classic Marman style, he turns on C.J. Cole, as we found out this was the plan all along. Although C.J. won the match via disqualification, he loses this battle. Next, in a four-way elimination match for the ICW Tag Team Championships, the champs Theory of Asian Unity took on the Great Outdoors, Deadpool, and the Gatekeepers. After Gunner Wicks of Deadpool called out Oso Turco of the Great Outdoors, the two teams battled to the back where the ref had no choice but to count them out. Then the Gatekeepers and TAU beat the snot out of each other, but in the end, Dysfunction hits his Dis Valley driver on Hua Ming for the win. And your new ICW Tag Team Champions, the Gatekeepers of Dysfunction and Yanni GQ. Next, for the ICW World Championship, the former champion, the Spectre, Jaden Mercer, took on the outlaw, Zach Hendricks, in a two out of three falls match. After the Spectre's goons beat down Zach, Jaden gets the first pin. Then Zach shows why he's the champion and fights back, and in the end, wins the second fall by hitting his mama's favorite elbow drop into the siding fall. They battled back and forth, but the outside interference was just too much for Zach Hendricks to overcome as Jade Mercer gets the roll-up to start his second reign as ICW champion. After that, we had the semi-main event, which was the insane Rumble, featuring superstars such as Dysfunction, Brock Hall, Ref Jerry Gummo, and CJ Cole, just to name a few. But in the end, it was the demented Jucky Bates, outlasting the 29 other superstars and getting the victory. And he was the number one entrant. So congratulations to Chucky Bates on doing the marathon in that match. And in the main event, Insane 8 champion Dr. McDacted took on Tommy Trainwreck for Tommy's ICW Alternative Championship. In this match, it was just a lot of light tubes and just madness. And in the end, Tommy showed why he's the man to beat in ICW after a nasty power slam through a chair and a light tube structure to retain the ICW alternative title. And as High Five Tom notes, this feud is far from over. And the next ICW Milwaukee show is It's Always Insanity in West Allis on Friday night, February the 16th, back at The Bar in West Allis. Coming up this weekend, we have the rescheduled Zawa show on Friday night, January the 26th, Keep It Like a Secret at Parties on Pope and Nelson, 
Saturday afternoon, January 27th. WWE fans are going to love this. The Collector's Cave presents a Kurt Angle appearance at Catch, Table, and Tap in Merrillville. Kurt will be there from 1 to 3, signing autographs and taking pictures with the fans. And also Saturday night, January the 27th, Second Wrestling has a Royal Rumble watch party at the Village Inn Pizzeria in Skokie. And space is limited at this, so go ahead and email secondwrestling at gmail.com. That's second with the two, secondwrestling at gmail.com to reserve a spot. Saturday night, January the 27th, we have in-ring action with True Privilege Wrestling, the fifth anniversary show at the Maywood Park District. Also Saturday night, January the 27th, Southland Championship Wrestling presents Arctic Takedown at the Shabbat Civic Center in Shabbat's. And in the main event, we have SCW champion Aaron Xavier defending against sharpshooter James Creed in a battle that's a long time coming. SCW president Terry Allen had to give up his presidency in order for Creed to get the title match. Now, if Aaron Xavier wins, he gets to pick Terry's successor. But if Creed wins, Terry Allen will choose his successor for president. Number one contenders match. We have Scott Spade versus JPH. That should be really good. And then we have the SCW Tag Team Championship. Dysfunction defends against the Bro Bros. Sean Mulligan takes on Eric Schultz of Putative Damages. Acid Jazz faces Apex, along with Professor Keast in Apex's corner. And then we have Benny Vargas against Matt Duar. Also Saturday night, January the 27th, we have Premier Pro Wrestling's Reckoning up in Rockford. And then also Saturday night, the 27th, Pow Entertainment presents Saturday Night Fights at the T-Wood Restaurant and Lounge in Wooddale. Dazzling Donnie faces Tommy McCobb with Pow Entertainment champion Kazile in his corner. And in just a few moments, we will hear from Kazile. And then Axel Abrio takes on Style and Shading with Tiny in his corner. In a grudge match, we have Mateo Valentine against Moondog Murray. Meat Hooks O'Bannon takes on Logan Steele of The Reckoning with Chris Hedford in his corner. And we'll also see Mason Perks, owner Jimmy Blaze, Germ T. Ripper, and more. And finally, Sunday, January the 28th, All-Star Lucha Libre presents their show at the Burwitt Eagles Club. And we have matches featuring GPA versus Skyad, Laney Luck versus Rachel Armstrong, The Golden Gods versus the Lucha Solos in tag team action, in a four-way tag team match, we'll see No Coast versus Angel Escalera and Trick Davis versus Tully Bertarelli and Kevin Panic versus The Theory of Asian Unity. In a one-on-one -on -one match, we have Mike Strong versus Danny G, Manny Cortez versus XAC Abstract, and in a tag team affair, Negociantes versus a surprise team. All right, coming up in mirror moments, the POW Entertainment Champion. Kazile. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad South in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. And we welcome, for the first time, a second-generation wrestler who's been working in the business for the last five years. He's a former POW Entertainment Midwest champion, current UWE Tag Team Champion, and the newly crowned POW Entertainment Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Kazile. Kyle, how you doing? Oh, 
Very good. Thank you for that uh, nice introduction there. I, I sound important. <laughs> so as people know by now, just by the tone you, they just heard, we're doing this interview out of character. But I, I must say, I do enjoy the Dark Kazal character. So where did you come up with the idea for it? And was there any specific inspiration behind it? Well, I wanted to, so the original uh, idea was to stray away from the Kyle Blanchard name. I wanted to make a name of my own. Mm -hmm. uh, no disrespect towards my father or anything like that, but he made his legacy and it was time to make mine, you know, and I didn't want to ride that name forever. So I told Jim Blaze, like, hey, I want to switch it up. I, you know, it's not that I don't want to do this. It's just, it's not me, you know. We came up with this Kazile character, this crazed, off the rails, lunatic kind of character. And we were dabbling with that a little bit, but um, that's kind of why we, why that happened. I, I wanted to make a name for myself, essentially, and make my own legacy. Yeah. So that was about a year or so into your career, right? When you decided to make that uh, decision to go with Kazile. Yeah, that was about a year in. I, I at least wanted to get, you know, my feet wet and, my you know, my, my feet under me um, before I went out there and actually started making my own waves and chasing my own legacy. <laughs> I mean, did you feel any pressure that you had to follow in your dad's footsteps? Or were you just like, mm, okay, this is what I want to do? No, it was it was something I definitely wanted to do. It was it was out of respect for my father, and uh, that's what that was the option that I had at the time. And honestly, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah, it's it's part of my history, and I wouldn't want it any other way. So, so when you came up with the character, okay, where did you what did you draw from in terms of the dark character, the uh, kind of the mystique, the uh, the the forks, if you will? Yeah. <laughs> I am a big believer in, uh, I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone's got a dark side. Everyone's got a little bit evil with them. And uh, I, people have had storied, storied pasts. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people don't want to show that side of themselves. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. It's a way for me to express a different side of me. Because you always got, obviously growing up in wrestling, people got to know who I am and all that stuff. But felt like I had to put on a, a fake face for a while because of who I was representing, but obviously aging and maturing and all that stuff. I, you know, I can be me. And if you don't like me, well, screw you. It doesn't, I don't, I don't need you to like me, but that's kind of where I channel a lot of Kazile from is me is my mental states, my emotions and the darker side of me. What you're seeing out there is me. It's just crank to 11. So any but I pull but I pull inspiration uh, adding on to the character from like movies and music and mm -hmm. I just tack it on I uh try something out throw it out the wall if it doesn't stick it doesn't stick you know so well like horror movies stuff like that oh yeah um what I was I just took inspiration from uh not so much horror but I just took inspiration from the Joker um mm -hmm. he said a line in there um Horror movies, I'll take stuff from Freddy Krueger. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I like the old classic Thrasher movies, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Uh, I like sc the Scream movies, the Michael Myers movies. I have a tattoo. I have a Michael Myers tattoo uh, on my wrist. So, like, that's one of my favorite movies or series. But, yeah, horror movies, I take a lot of inspiration from them. Like anybody in wrestling, like, you know, Mankind, Raven, uh, Duel of the Butcher, people like that. Oh, uh, you got to take a, 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 well, when you're carrying around a fork, you have to take a little piece of Abdullah with you, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'll take an uh, uh, inspiration from Abdullah, Triple H, I'm a huge Triple H fan, Arn Anderson, uh, Spinebuster is because of Arn Anderson, you know, Kurt Angle, big Kurt Angle fan, Samoa Joe is a really good wrestler, really liking his stuff, he's really popping off right now too, and I'm glad, I'm so glad he's getting his flowers, and I'm a, I'm here for it, I am here for it. Yeah, I, I do watch a lot of the older stuff, too, because if you watch a lot of the older stuff, I'm talking like 80s, 70s stuff, you'll notice that there's moves in there that aren't really shown today or because it's not it's not as popularized. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take some uh, stuff from there and I take stuff from everywhere. Like I said, I'll just pick it up, throw it at the wall. <laughs> Now, nearly five years of working in the business, and you broke through with the biggest championship victory of your career when you won a four-way match with Jimmy Blaze, Eric Freedom, and It's Your Boy, Mason Perks, at Rage Reaction last month to become the POW Entertainment heavyweight champion for the first time. So what was that experience like for you? 
it was surreal growing up in a company, literally growing up in POW and before that CCW to come to the moment of, of Fox Lake, our Madison Square Garden, where I grew up, to then beat Jimmy Blaze in one of his last matches, and then to be bestowed, to be bestowed the POW heavyweight title. Uh, yeah, it was surreal. It was humbling. But I, it's my time, you know, and I'm ready to take the bull by the horns and go full steam ahead. So take no prisoners. <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit. So from my research, you debuted at POW in November of 2018. So how did that go for you? It was really, it was awesome. It, again, it was surreal because it was I really didn't want to start wrestling and I didn't know I wanted to be a wrestler until probably my junior year of high school, but that, that option was always there for me. So when that moment came, right, it was behind the curtain, me, my dad, my brother, all we, we, we took a picture together and I look at that still from time to time. And I think of all the stuff that's happened since that moment, you know, which is a lot in my personal life and wrestling life and all, in all of our lives, you know, it's a lot's gone on, but it was, it was very nerve wracking and there was a lot of butterflies because nobody knew about it. Nobody knew that like the fans didn't know I was coming out. So um, I didn't know how they were going to respond to me, if they were going to like me, if they were you know going to do anything, maybe they sat on their hands. But no, I came out and people were applauding and cheering. And I'm like, OK, you know, that gave me my little confidence boots of like, all right, man, you got this. Like, just go out there and do what you know how to do. So, but yeah, it was a very fun experience. And you mentioned to me before the show, that debut was actually in a battle royal, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was a battle royal. And then in March, Slam Fest, that was my first official match. It was me, De La Sombra. This was, it was Kyle Blanchard at the time. Yes. Uh, De La Sombra and Jay Nova versus Trainwrecker, which that was Trainwrecker's first match too, and Jimmy and Eric. Yeah, coming up for the Battle Royal back at Rage in 2018. Now, that was kind of where everybody just mass entered, right? Not everybody got their own entrances. You just kind of mass enter into the ring and then you know to get your own intro. I mean, yeah, maybe Riccolo or whoever's doing the ring announcing just throws your name out there, but you're just coming out with everybody else, right? Yeah. Well, I, I the the heels went out first, and then it wasn't really a special thing, but I remember my brother went out first, and then my dad went out and then I came out with my dad pointing. So we did a little like kind of like a special thing a little bit. I remember Rick Lowe announced me as the kid, Kyle Blanchard. So I mean, it wasn't nothing crazy, but I also, my mind wasn't on, you know, how the, the moment it's, I just wanted to get in there. <laughs> I just wanted to get in there and show my face and say, Hey, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's not like a regular match where you get this full blown intro and everybody's looking at no. you and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't that. But I mean, they said my name and like, I was just like, oh, God, my name's being said over a microphone. I don't like that. <laughs> but now it's whatever. Your dad, Trevor Blanchard, goes over 30 years in this business. And I first saw him back at Windy City Wrestling fighting Mike Anthony at the Chicago Amphitheater. And your brother has been a referee for quite some time as well. So any cool stories of traveling around with your dad while you were a kid? Oh man. oh, man, I haven't been asked this question yet. Sometimes my dad would go and pick pick up wrestlers. They needed to be picked up from an airport or a hotel for the show or whatever. And sometimes I would tag along with my dad. So I've had uh, lots of experiences of being in the car with names. Um, I've been in the car with like, I don't want, I don't want, I really don't want to name drop, but it, those experiences have always been cool. And I've always, I've always appreciated those because I, I knew that it was a rare occurrence. You know, I'm like, I'm not like these other kids, you know, <laughs> like I was like 12, nine, whatever, driving in these cars. Uh, those were always really cool. I, nothing too crazy, <laughs> I guess. I remember one time we were out flying for a wrestling show. And I remember we got into a car accident. This dude came across the double yellow line and he had on, uh, it was a head on collision into in, into the car and it was me my dad me and my brother were in the car too and like that was a really crazy experience <laughs> paying your dues for the for the wrestling show <laughs> in the car accident that's scary um yeah no it was very scary that was the first car accident i've been in uh but yeah i'm nothing too crazy with the, with those 
Because, I mean, it's dad. So he was just watching over his boys. You know, he wasn't Trevor Blanchard in those situations. He was dad. Mm-hmm. So he was just watching and protecting. <laughs> so when it was time for you to get into the business, what pushed you to start trading? I assume you ended up trading with Jimmy Blaze over at Powell, right? Yeah, yeah. I started training. What start? What, like, pushed me to start training? Yeah, what was the impetus? Yes. I didn't want to go to college because I wasn't good in high school and I just knew school wasn't for me. I really didn't know anything else. And wrestling has always been that, that thing that was always there for me. And it was my way of escaping. And I wanted to be more a part of it. So I guess it was more so exploring what it, diving more into it, I guess is what I really wanted to do. It's like I said, it was something that was always there and it never left. So it was more so me paying back to to something that gave it. It's hard to describe. Wrestling gave me a childhood and I was just trying to pay it back. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to do because I feel like I owe it to wrestling. Now at WrestleRage 20 at the Brower House in November 2022, you won your first championship in POW when you beat JPH near the end of the great POW versus SCW promotional war. So being your first singles title and out of that bigger stage, what was that night like for you? That night I knew everything was going to pop off for me um, because now I have more eyes on me. I looked at it as a responsibility. Again, it was humbling, of course. It was my first Single title, like you said, but I'm there was for me, there's no time to celebrate, time for me to prove myself and to anybody who had their doubts. And then you went on and had this great feud with Mason Perks going back and forth for several months before he beat you for that Midwest title at Summer Explosion after a long seven month run. So that was really, really crazy for both of you guys to kind of show off your talents. And, and Perks is just one hell of a talent himself. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. More people need to watch him. Way more people need to watch him and keep an eye out for him for this year. So I feel like he's going to pop off. He just better not pop off with me. (laughs) I don't want to do it again. He kicked my ass. (laughs) Well, it was quite the rivalry. You guys had several matches in that time frame. Oh, yeah. We had a strap match. We had a leather strap match in there. We had a triple threat match during that reign with Mateo in January. The last man standing. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. There was a lot going on. And honestly, I would do it all again. But like I said, I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm, I'm having too much fun with my title right now. And then you had to face Perks again, along with uh, Blaze and Freedom, in their final match in POW to win the big prize last month. Yeah, I knew he was going to bring it, man. And he did. So, <laughs> And I brought it, too, because that's just how we operate. I don't take it easy on him. He doesn't take it easy on me. So wouldn't want it any other way. And then and winning that match with Jimmy in that match to win that championship. I mean, to beat your trainer to a guy that's been the man in that company, the guy that's been training so many guys like you and Parks and Tony D'Angelo and, and people like that. So what was that like for you? Beating the guy that trained all those people. Yep. Humbling again. It's a passing of the torch, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really look at it that way so much because, like, I do look at him as an uncle. You know, I've known him my whole life. But I know there is a certain responsibility on my shoulders with this uh, all happening and with me pinning Jim and all of that together. It, there, it, There is a lot to unpack. But I've grown up in this. Um, I know I feel like I kind of know what to expect. And I kind of know what to do i shouldn't say that like that but i watched and i've learned my whole life literally my whole life i've seen egos go up i see egos go down i've seen people come i've seen people go you know and this is nothing new to me so but yeah pinning him was very proving too you know it's another way of me proving myself to the fans and saying hey look at me look at what i'm doing right now well the future is now look at me I just pinned the trainer, the owner of POW, pinned him, clean, done. Now I'm world champion. Yeah, it's one of those things that legitimizes your career and that's Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a that's a crowning moment in my career. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Something that I'll hold close to my heart. Absolutely. 
And earlier this month at New Year's Beatings, you unveiled a new Power Entertainment Heavyweight Championship belt on the hot seat with Nicholas H. So what's it like to be the first one with that brand spanking new title belt? Again, I have something to prove here. <laughs> I have a lot of proving to do. I plan to take this title uh, to new heights. Heights that hopefully no one ever will reach. But yeah, it's my legacy and that's why I'm, I debuted this title. This The other title was old, washed up, beaten. I mean, the people that held it before, uh, respectfully, they're not around anymore. They're not worthy to be a champion and I feel like I'm above them. So I think debuting this new title is also a form of me showing you my new legacy and what I have to uphold. Coming up, you're going to be on power shows on back-to-back weekends starting Saturday night, January the 27th for Saturday night fights at T-Wood in Wendell and then back on Saturday, February the 3rd at the American Legion in Fox Lake for Broken Hearts. As of right now, you don't have a match scheduled or announced for January 27th, but you will be in the corner of your right-hand man and Modern Decay partner, Tommy McCobb, for his match against Dazzling Donnie. And you guys have clipped really, really well over the last year or so. Yeah, um, I'm very excited for that. I, I'm there to support my partner. Granted, I am world champion. I feel like there is a lot he can learn from me, and there's a lot I can learn from him as well. So I, I like to be out there in the midst of it. I like I like the chaos. Truth, truthfully, I, truthfully, I do. I, I do gravitate towards the chaos. <laughs> so, and you guys know how to bring that chaos for sure. We try. <laughs> we try. We certainly try. <laughs> and then moving on to February the 3rd, you will defend that POW championship against Jamie Race, one half of Bruiser Mass Index. So that's kind of an interesting little defense for you. Uh, a guy that's been known as a tag team specialist at POW Entertainment, but he's a guy that's got some really good skill too. Yeah, he's been around for a while too. He definitely has his experience. He has his miles underneath him. He is a former champion, and that is one of the rules with this title reign is you need to be a former champion, whether that be a, a POW champion, a Midwest champion, tag champion, whatever it be. So I, I'm very excited for this match. I, it's going to be hard-hitting. Um, and yeah, we're both going to bring the best out of each other because that's all I bring, and you better bring it on your end. One thing I just simply love about POW Entertainment is the long-term storytelling. It's the feuds that go on for months and months at a time, building up to big matches and special moments. So what's your take on that opinion? I, yeah, I, lo- I love storytelling. I think that's what separates us, POW, from a lot of the other companies. I shouldn't say that there is no storytelling in other companies. I'm not going to say that because there is. Yeah. But I, the key word there is long-term. If you want to be invested and you want to be grabbed by the by the shirt, that's where you want to go. Um, we do dabble with like other stuff. It's not just storytelling. Um, we do have our sporadic matches, but yeah, I love storytelling. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've wrestled up for UWE in Cadillac, Michigan for Eric Freedom, for Southland Championship Wrestling, it's your bads for Hunter Paid, as well as Rockford Damage. So what are those places like kind of getting around and maybe doing some other things? Yeah, you... It, uh, you tack on the miles. <laughs> um, you get the experience. You get to travel the roads. You get to see different people, races, nationalities, and you get to have different opportunities. I think it's really cool to mingle and wrestle and work with people that you don't normally work with in your area. I, I, I'm trying to get out there more, but it is good to get out of your realm and go to different places and wrestle at these places. Love wrestling in Michigan. Uh, locker room's great. Same with SCW and same with uh, same with damage when I was when I was wrestling there. And you are currently a tag team champion in UWE with frontman Jay Scott, correct? Yes, yes. So what's it like working with uh, Josh? He's a he's a good dude. He's a very good dude. He has very good heart. He has a big heart, and he's passionate about what we're doing here. And you can tell just by talking to him about wrestling that he wants to be the best he can at it for as long as he can. And that's just, it's, that's where I kind of clicked with him a little bit and our music taste. (laughs) I like to just kind of BS with him about music and like other stuff. And I'm very excited to see where our reign will go and how long it will be, which is hopefully a long one. (laughs) 
And I know those car trips from the Chicago area up to Cadillac can be kind of long because I actually made that trip a couple years ago for a vacation. It's like a good four or five hours up to Cadillac. Yeah, right? yeah, five, five, five and a half, four and a half on a good day yeah. <laughs> if you're pushing 90 the whole time. But yeah, no, they're long drives, but you get to, you know, you get a carload of guys and you go down and you make memories. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what you, it's about. Yeah. Who do you usually ride with on those trips to Cadillac? Oh, man. It switches up a lot of times. Usually I'll ride up with like a Meat Hooks, Jim, uh, Brian Allen, uh, Chris Hedford, uh, Mason Perks. I, a lot of the POW crew, like we'll, we'll either ride together or like we'll take separate cars or whatever. But I, I like to float around sometimes and just, you know, maybe I'll ride up with one group for two months and then uh, screw it. I'm going over here, <laughs> whatever it be. But I like to mingle it up, switch it up. Gives you a chance to know some of the guys on a on maybe on a more human level rather than just a working level. Yeah, because that believe it or not, wrestlers don't always like to talk about just wrestling. You know, I mean, we are all humans. We all, you know, I love I love baseball. You know, I love talking about. Baseball. I love music, play guitar, love doing that stuff. But yeah, I mean, our main conversation pieces are wrestling. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, you do get to know the person on a little bit of a human level. And I think that's where the brotherhood and sisterhood and companionship really comes comes into play there. What has been your favorite match and or opponent over these last few years? One of my so one of the matches that pops up to my head automatically now, was it a five star match? No. But was it an emotional emotional match? Yes. And uh that would be the match I had with my dad and my brother refing. And that was a very emotional and story driven <laughs> match there was a lot going into it a lot of emotions on both our ends but i remember <laughs> walking out and i remember spinning out i walked out to my lap around the ring walked in the walked behind the curtain grabbed my dad's old robe that he gave me spit on it and i threw it in the trash and i remember my hands they were just shaking because my adrenaline was just so high and i was so ready for this match <laughs> i'm like i can't stop but that's a favorite one a favorite opponent probably mason uh just because we click another favorite match would probably be the the triple threat with mateo and mason perks and that was a really fun one but favorite right now is probably the match with my dad so i think that one's gonna be up there for a while (laughs) yeah special place in your heart for sure yeah that yeah yeah you can't take that away What are some of your goals in 2024? It's the same, and it's to be the the best that I can. Probably put in a little bit more work this year. Um, Like I said, there's a lot of eyes on me. I really want to hit the road. I want to go out, and I want to travel different places. I want to hit up different companies. Um, I want to – this is my boom year. I really want to boom, hopefully. That's my goal. Fingers crossed, but – Yeah, I really want to – Grab wrestling by the balls this year, I guess. <laughs> I know your dad did some extra work for WCW many, many years ago. Is that something oh, yeah. you would love to do as well? Yeah, I did a little extra work with Impact. You did? Okay. Um, uh, when they were here for the – it was in the summer it was a okay. couple months ago. Um, but it was when they were doing their heat. I forget what the the correct name of it or the name of what it was. Oh, I remember the summer name. shows that they had insisted. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, I did one of those. I came out in like a yellow hoodie and I was just in the ring. I did some security stuff with them. It wasn't none too crazy, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's an opportunity. Never shy away from an opportunity. You know, it's a large scale company. So. <laughs> and before we let you go, Kyle, go ahead and promote your social media. If there's any Kazile merchandise out there and upcoming events. Yeah, I, I only have Facebook, which I'm Kyle Allen or Kazile, I should say. Um on Facebook, Instagram is xkazilex. I don't have Twitter. I do have a pro wrestling tee sh- uh, shop open. I only have the one shirt. I do plan on getting a couple more designs out uh, this year. But yeah, I will be having merch soon, hopefully. So, like you said, January twenty seventh, we'll be at T Woods. February third, we'll be back in Fox Lake. February tenth, I'll be in UWE. And I don't know after that, off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah and you never know where Kazal might pop up and you never know when the reckoning might try to cash in one of their keys on you oh they can come and fork and get it <laughs> they can try 
Kazal, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Pretty cool conversation with Kazile. And yeah, it was outside of character, but at the same time, really cool insights from young Kazile as he celebrates five years in the wrestling business. And he's really picked up his game over the last couple of years with that character. And now he is the current and reigning POW Entertainment Champion. So looking forward to seeing his progression over the next few years. All right, next week, we're going to talk more local and national action. And we will recap WWE Royal Rumble and kick off the road to WrestleMania. Plus, we welcome for the first time CSW Metro Division Champion, El Sueño Victor Iniestra. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.